Hey guys, uh, hey, I just went to the Middle East and I want to tell you all about it in this episode. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to show you pictures, kind of a show and tell. Going to tell you all about it. Uh, basically, make the case that this is Mount Sinai in Arabia. So, going to jump right at it. Without any further ado, here we go. All right. I hope you're doing well. I've missed you. It's been a while. I've uh, uh, I actually recorded last week with uh, a new friend, Ohav. If you haven't watched that episode, you need to check it out because mm-hmm. uh, I met this dude. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, it is awesome. He's a he's an attorney. He's Israeli. Uh, he was an atheist, and man, did he come to faith. He came to faith through these. Uh, locations and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that, uh, that we've YouTube gone to see too. through YouTube. Yes. And, uh, so without any further ado, I do want to introduce you to the one and only Don Medicus. Good to be back. Uh, this is our, our first time recording in a while, Don, yeah. uh, the two of us together. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's four weeks. been at least, I was going to say at least a couple of months cause we didn't record anything since I've got back. Well, that's true. Too. And we didn't record, you know, really since, uh, before I left as well. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's been a minute. How you doing, man? Well, anything hanging, new going on? I'm hanging in here. You're hanging in? over a, some cold. But yeah, you've been uh, you've been sick. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hope you're hope you're feeling better. Yeah, four weeks. Yeah, has the Lord uh, taught you anything while you've been sick? Yeah, to pray more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a while. I'm slow with the laugh track. That's all right. <laughs> So I'm slow with a lot of things. Uh, anyways, aren't we all? I'm so glad to be back with you. And uh, I do want to tell you, this is Giving Tuesday. So we're actually recording. Uh, this may actually stream on Thursday. But it's okay because you can give any day of the week to Gospel Ministries. That's uh, uh, my ministry. It's, it's what we do. And, and Mr. Don, uh, we do this together. There, there's multiple ways that you can give. You can... Um, uh, you could send us something, uh, and we can. I tell you all about that in my uh, on my website at pastoraj.com. You can actually there's a link there where you can set up to give digitally. Uh, you can also set your gift up to to be regular. Uh, if you do that, you get one of these really cool tumblers, laser etched stainless steel tumblers. With, they're nice with, too with the logo on it. Don knows. Yep. Yeah, he's he's got his own tumbler. It says uh, has says Don. That's right. I did. I got to get me. some T-shirts made that say Don. D A W N or D O N? No, D O N. Just just Don, man. The one, the one and only. Um, it, there is also a Chula gift basket for the first, the first gift that we get, the first gift that we get after the airing of this episode. Okay, let's say this episode airs on Thursday. Uh, I, I think. Is Thursday December first? It might be December first. It it's either November thirtieth or December first. But you get this Chula gift basket. It's a really cool Indian place that I frequent, and uh, they have given us a gift basket uh, specifically for the ministry. So that's going to be for you for the first gift we get after the streaming, the live stream of this video. And then finally, this is for uh, Giving Tuesday, but also. For anybody who gives, we'll just say during the month of December up through year's end, uh, you will get, and possibly afterwards, you will get a piece of the rock. Mm, Amen. There's your piece of the rock right there. It's actually a piece of the top of Sinai. It's uh, super cool. It's blackened rock, possibly blackened from the presence of God. And uh, if you turn it over, there's you'll get your own individual piece. But uh, usually on the bottom of a lot of these pieces, it's a different color. It looks like maybe it was burned uh, from the top. There is also a little vial of sand from uh, contained within this vial is sand from both sides of the Red Sea parting. The finer grains are from Nueva, Egypt, and the uh, little bigger chunks in there are from the Saudi side. So I'm going to show you pictures from those places right now, but you get this little, you'll get those things in this little gift bag, just like so. Uh, That is yours. For a gift 
of any dollar amount. You can literally give anything, and I want you to have a piece of the rock. Really, this was just a way for me, Don, to share with people uh, kind of the fun and exciting things that we've done since we've, uh, you know, oh yeah, been on this trip. My son and I went on this trip, um, and I, I really this was all about wanting to share these experiences with you. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do today. It's going to be a little bit of a show and tell. Um, and, and in addition to that, I think probably the, the larger point is sort of making the case of, of this being Sinai. That's what I want to do. I want to lay down the argument for you the best I can. I've talked about it a little bit in the past, but now I've seen it in person. So I want you to be convinced as well. What do you think there, sir? I think that the gift that you have in the bag, yeah. the sand and that, I think that is f- fantastic because not only do you hear about it and you can see it like you're going to show pictures, but you're going to actually have the sand from yeah. both sides of the crossing, the land bridge that's yes. underneath there. And I just think that's awesome that you're able to have actually yeah. hold that. Amen. In your hand. Amen. And this I, is what the people walked on. This is what they... I know you and your wife crossed. got a piece of the rock. What do you think? That's right. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I do. So, I mean, really just a way for you to, to kind of personalize this, to make it cool. And, and I did. I actually got this myself. I, I don't know if I was allowed to, but uh, Saudi Arabia and Egypt, they donated this. <laughs> so, uh, where's that? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> they didn't even know it. Yeah. All right. Enough laughter. <laughs> so, let's get at it. All right. Uh, take another sip of my espresso here. It's keeping him going. Good stuff right there. All right. So, uh, yeah, I want to basically, I want to show you some pictures. Um, I'm going to kind of just take you on my journey. I may do a part two to this, uh, but uh, because we basically went through Sinai, we went into Israel. That was kind of the culmination of it. And uh, I wanted to start off, I guess, by showing you that, showing you the culmination, showing you that this right here, this is what it is all about. This is me and my son getting, uh, well, actually me baptizing him in the Jordan River. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so, like, for me, that's what this trip was really all about. Um, I started off just wanting to go to Israel, and it, it, that's that's kind of like I scheduled this trip like a year ago, and then um, wanting to do this with my son, Jake. He's He'll be 14 in January. Um, I love that boy. And a lot of what I do is, is for him and for the next generation. I want uh, our next generation to inherit something. Um, a lot of times I feel like when I look out there in the world, I feel like our next generation isn't going to inherit anything, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, physically. I mean, it seems like things are just breaking down and deteriorating. A lot of what I do uh, culturally, and I know, Don, because we're much on the same page, is because we want to hand something down to the next generation. So I I wanted to put that picture up there as just sort of like a carrot to say, for me, that's what this trip was all about. Mm -hmm. It was all about that father-son experience. Yes, it's about wanting to bring Sinai to you, but it's also, it really was about this. It was about me wanting to go and do this spiritual adventure with my son. And uh, so that's what it was all about. So these two images, there's there's me and my son, me baptizing my son, Jake, in the Jordan, which that's his first baptism, by the way. He's not being rebaptized there. Right. He, he was not baptized as an infant. I wanted him to wait. Um, and Perfect for, timing. For that reason, yeah. Amen. Uh, here's the second image. Uh, this is me just looking cool, you know, Don, like <laughs> I, I do all the time. It's hard for me not to look cool. Right in front of the garden tomb. Uh, this is the place where we find our rest that's what it's all about. So while we're talking about Sinai and we're talking about Egypt and we're going on this spiritual adventure, I want you to think uh, about this. This is where it hits home. This is where Jesus was raised. Mm-hmm. There's an empty tomb. There's no one in there. Whether or not Jesus you know, rested in that tomb, we don't know. My friend Ohav is convinced that he was in that tomb. But that's the point. That's the place where we find our rest or Sabbath rest. And so that's what this spiritual adventure is all about. For me, it was all about my son, all about that next generation, and it was all about the culmination of what Christ has done for us. Mm -hmm. So don't forget, we don't want to linger in Sinai. We want to go on to our Sabbath. That's what Mm -hmm. it's really all about. A lot of us come out of our slavery. We come out of our bondage. 
we don't come out of our sanctification process and we stay at Sinai. We don't move on to our Sabbath rest to the promised land. And God has a promised land for you, so I don't want you to forget that. So, Amen. Having said all that, uh, I'm going to just kind of kick it off, kick things off from the beginning. I'm going to show you where we started, and we started here, boom, in Egypt. I don't have an ooh and an awe. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you're my you're my wow factor, non. This this is where we started off, though. Is we started off in Egypt, and this was actually the 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 look from our hotel, looking down on uh, at the pyramids. Pretty sweet, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that this, is. I think it's pretty pretty cool view. Uh, we were actually able to go into the pyramids. My son uh, got yelled at for climbing into the. Well, he didn't get yelled at, but they did make him get out out of the casket of one of the pharaohs uh deep up there in that tomb <laughs> so did he get the point it, he, <laughs> he got the point i tell you what this uh this podcast is full of dad jokes <laughs> it's uh we, we got a couple of dads right here and a couple of a couple of uh, dad joke machines so is that bad joke machines dad oh yeah probably sounded like bad but uh, dad joke machines. But a lot of times dad jokes are bad. <laughs> That's how you drink espresso right there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you on a little tour, a little snapshot of what we did. We started things off in Egypt, and, and for this portion, we're going to call this slavery. This is where Israel started off. They started off in slavery. And, uh, you know, obviously everybody wants to go to Egypt and they want to see some of these things. In large part, I wanted to go on this part of the tour because I wanted to see the traditional Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And the, the traditional Mount Sinai, St. Catharines, is actually in what's called the Sinai Peninsula. That's technically Egypt. So to go see the traditional Mount Sinai, we had to start here and then kind of work our way east to Saudi Arabia. Uh, so we started off in Egypt and we went from there to the Nile River. This was uh, me actually taking a picture at the Nile River. Hard to believe this is all turned into blood, isn't it, Don? Yes, I mean, it I, is. I remember we, we were actually eating at a restaurant there uh, on the Nile River one day. And um, I was uh, sitting there. It took me a minute to realize, oh, my gosh, we're, like, at the Nile River. This is like God turned this to blood. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> You know, so uh, kind of interesting to actually see some of these locations in person. Super cool. The pyramids, um, the Nile River. This was actually kind of, just to give you a little snapshot of discoveredsinai.com and Andrew Jones. Um, this is the, the group that we went with. A lot of cool people here. There's a couple pastors in that group. Um, uh, there's actually a young man named Christian who's sitting directly across from my son, Jake, there in that maroon shirt with the green hat on. Uh, he was only like, I mean, like maybe 22 years old, and he just did this all on his own. Oh, wow. Came on this trip. I mean, pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, the people that we got to meet here were just super cool. A lot of them have studied some of these sites. Um, Ewan is in that picture. A little shout out to you, my friend. Uh, New Zealand. I told him if I ever go to New Zealand, I want to see the Hobbit house. <laughs> And uh, we also have Lucas was there as well, and he is from Portugal. Uh, lots of lots of cool friends. D. Wayne, he was a lot of fun. D. Wayne from, uh, I think it was North Carolina, I believe, Charlotte area, my friend. Uh, really cool. But got to meet some cool people, and this was generally our overall experience. So, so things kind of started off for us this way. If you decide that you want to do one of these tours with Andrew, um, this is kind of this is going to be your experience. It's a lot of fun. This was where we kind of ended up uh, eating on the bank of the Red Sea one night. Uh, a lot of fun, and this was basically like a beach resort. Uh, really, Andrew goes overboard in terms of making these things. Uh, fun and making you feel like you are safe, which is important because there were a lot of moments where, if I'm being real, I didn't feel safe. Uh, In fact, when we went here to this location in Tanis, this is ancient Tanis, that's Andrew next to the one and only Indy Andrew Jones, that's (laughs) what they call him. Uh, Next to my son, Jake there, this is the ancient uh, city of Tanis. This is, uh, was featured mythologically in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's where they found that headpiece. I don't know if you remember that, Don. Where he, 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 you remember the Indiana Jones movie, the first one yeah. where he finds the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, he finds a headpiece in Tannis, and that's actually, I think, where they end up finding the Ark 
is in ancient Tanis in this this location here. So mm. it's a little reference in that movie. Um, obviously, I don't think the Ark is there, but this is in what's called ancient Goshen. That's where the Hebrews were slaves. So this is in the heart of that area. Um, just near there is a site called Avaris. And uh, basically, it's just a field now, but uh, it was excavated archaeologically, and they possibly found Joseph's tomb there. Um, Yeah, you can actually watch uh, Timothy Mahoney's documentary on that. It's called Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and you can learn all about Avaris. So we were near Avaris. We didn't go see Avaris because they just kind of let it go, and it's just a, a field now. There's nothing to see, but this is ancient Tanis near there. And this was the part where, if I'm being honest, I... I started to feel a little unsafe. Um, we were basically driving there, and it was a several-hour drive just to get to that location. And uh, along the way, this was kind of my first exposure to Egyptian uh, culture. This is our basically our bodyguard here. Um, I can't remember his name. It's, it's very, it sounds very similar to Shukran, which is the um, Arabic word for thank you. So we got, we got used to saying Shukran everywhere we went. Shukran, Shukran, and then Afwan is your welcome. So his name kind of sounded like similar to that, uh, but that dude was packing Don. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you're a conceal and carry guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, are you carrying right now? Yes. This guy had basically a, an automatic weapon underneath his suit jacket there Mm -hmm. uh he took his suit jacket off one day and we were all like oh my gosh did you did you see look 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 and unfortunately i didn't get a picture of it or i would have shown you the picture in here i asked him afterwards if i could take a picture actually i asked him right there if i could take a picture of it he told me no no i'm not allowed i don't think he'd want you to (laughs) no city so he, he was our bodyguard and apparently in egypt it's law uh that you have to have a um you have to have like a, a caravan, a military escort everywhere you go. I was not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. When we went to Tanis, we got this bodyguard joining us. He's on our van with us. And then, and then we riding shotgun. And then we got like this police military escort with sirens. Every time we slow down, they're passing traffic and the cops are taking us around. The sirens are going on. And it got my mind going a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, being in an Islamic culture hearing the Islamic prayers going off like you do on TV. Um, I felt in that moment like we were sort of marked. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. I didn't feel safer. And to be honest with you, Egypt in general, especially when you get outside of Cairo and some of the touristy places, it, it, to me, it didn't feel safe. It's it's very dirty, um, a lot more so than the other nations that we went to. We went to Jordan. We went to Saudi Arabia. Um, I, I was most concerned going to Saudi Arabia, but I felt most unsafe in Egypt because of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a plethora of reasons, one of which is, you know, I'm wondering, even though maybe it's not necessary, I'm wondering why do they have it? If it's not necessary, why are they <laughs> escorting us with armed guards uh, everywhere we go? And the guys that were in the, in the cop car, it was basically like a pickup truck. And there was two guys sitting in the back of it in military gear with, with big automatic weapons that don't fit underneath uh, a suit and in a holster slung over their shoulder, you know? So, mm-hmm. so this is everywhere we go. I'm like, why? It just got my mind going. Like what's, mm-hmm. what's going on here. So I think if you do one of these tours, just keep that in mind, tuck it in the back of your, of your brain. I think being a parent probably put me even a little bit more on edge having my, having my there son you there. You have to watch out for yourself and your son. Yes. Uh, and probably, I, I want to say I was probably a little more on edge than probably the other people on the tour as well. You know, there were, se- there were several people there in their seventies, um, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, and their husband and wife teams went. You know, there there were several of those. I'm sure people were kind of worried on occasion, but I think I was probably a little, a little more on edge than everybody else because I had my son there. But um, that was just something I wanted to discuss and throw out there because, like, it was my first exposure to a culture that's not Christian. Being in, in an Islamic culture where you're – an, an American, but also a Christian. And I, I will say everyone there was tremendously nice. I was never really like, I never met a person that wasn't incredibly kind, incredibly giving, 
um, this guy here, our bodyguard, you know, I mean, he, I'm assuming, I hope he would have laid down his life for us. <laughs> well, that's what he's there for, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, so, so that was, that was part of the experience, and especially in Egypt, things got easier and easier. Once we got to Saudi Arabia, we were for the most part, like just in the wilderness, but here in Egypt, we were in more metropolitan areas and, uh, that was a part of the experience. So I did want to show it, but all of that led us to what we called the fake Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what you see on the screen here. Um, I don't know if you recognize this, Don, but it's actually the mountain that was featured in the 1956 Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston. You can actually see that exact mountain um, in the movie because that's what C.B. DeMille... It does familiar, but I didn't know that was it, to be honest uh, with that's you. That's what he took a picture of right there from a couple different angles, but uh, that's the mountain. That's the mountain that you see in the movie that he took a picture of. That's the tradition... Uh, I've heard, at least Andrew was explaining this to me, the traditional Mount Sinai is technically behind that mountain, but that's the more photogenic peak <laughs> that they <laughs> like to take a picture of. And you actually, our hotel was right about there um, where I took the photo from, but you kind of walk around the mountain to the left, and that's where St. Catherine's Monastery is. So uh, this mountain was actually said to be Mount Sinai by the Emperor Constantine's mother. Now, she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. We're thankful to her because she uh, got saved and then went around and earmarked some of these locations and that the traditions that were associated with them, whether it's the Church of the Nativity where Jesus was born and some of these locations, and said, this is the place where Jesus was born. This is the place where Jesus walked on water. This is I don't know how you would say where that is, the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> Usually it flows away. Yeah. What's that? I say, where he walked on water, it probably flowed away. It probably did, yeah. yeah it flowed away. I'm surprised the water didn't just part when he went on the Sea of Galilee, you know, like it did for Moses. If he wanted it to. Yeah, it could have, could have for sure. So, uh, but anyways, she was the one who said this is Mount Sinai. You know, just for perspective, Constantine, he was the first official Christian Roman emperor, and he was the first one to make the Roman Empire Christian. He lived about 300 years after Jesus, as well as his mother. Um, they lived closer in time to us than they did to the events of the Exodus. Hmm. So just a little perspective. I mean, in terms of like, how did we get this as Mount Sinai? Well, I mean, the person who said this is Mount Sinai, now, I'm sure somebody told her it was Mount Sinai. I'm honestly not sure exactly how that all went down. I'm sure there was some tradition in the area. This is the mountain of Moses. Who knows? And then it resides in what's called the Sinai Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Now, the Sinai Peninsula is named the Sinai Peninsula because of this mountain. It wasn't originally called the Sinai Peninsula. Hmm. It became the Sinai Peninsula because... Of the tradition, yeah, that, that she said it was Sinai was there, and then over the generations afterwards, oh, this is the Sinai Peninsula. So that's that's where this came from. But when you look at it, there's just a lot of things that don't fit with the Bible. So we actually went into uh, St. Catherine's Monastery, and here's a, a monk, a Greek Orthodox monk. There's Jake and his funky hair there, supporting Poland. <laughs> we were rocking the, the Poland uh, gear. If you live in Poland near Youngstown, Ohio here, uh, we love you, Poland. Uh, that, that was a, a coffee shop at St. Catherine's. This is supposedly the well where Jethro, um, Jethro's well where Moses met Zipporah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just happens to be right there on the mountain, which, I mean, it seems like in the biblical text, it was actually some distance away. So that's yeah, why that's this is kind of strange. They've, they also just coincidentally have uh, right around the corner from that, they've also got the burning bush, <laughs> which I, I was told was transplanted from the mountain to this location uh, seems strange as well that all the stuff would be right there within i mean that was like 50 feet around the corner from the from the well <laughs> so why would you take it for originally where it was uh, yeah and move it yeah yeah and the, the skirts are because they made us cover up by the way we were wearing shorts oh they, wow yeah they made us cover up even the men know that even the men yeah probably should be a little bit of that in america i guess maybe people the way they dress today <laughs> But I thought I just thought it was funny. Even the men had to cover up, you know, with uh, uh, because of what we were wearing. Uh, So this is where it's located. I don't know how much of this you can actually see. Um, The traditional Mount Sinai is right in the middle of uh, right in the middle of the what's called the Sinai Peninsula. So the Red Sea continues on southward uh, down below the Sinai Peninsula, and then it's got two arms. One arm goes up to the east, and one arm goes up to the west. 
those two arms make up, they create the landmass of the Sinai Peninsula. Now, I don't know if you can see, Dawn, I've got a little arrow pointing to Goshen. Mm-hmm. That's about where Goshen is. So if you're an archaeologist or a map maker, I apologize if, if it's not exact. <laughs> That's about where Goshen is. So if, the, if Mount Sinai is where the traditional Sinai is, then, uh, thank you, Google Maps, by the way, got to give credit where credit's due. Um, you could see, like, the Israelites didn't even really have to cross a Red Sea to get there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, and so there's a little bit, like, there's kind of like a marshy area up in, uh, around that Goshen spot there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Suez Canal, by the way. That's where they made the Suez Canal. It goes from that western branch of the Red Sea up into the Mediterranean, which is on the top. Um, but the, the Suez Canal was not there in Moses' day. Um, but that, that's, these are some of the things that you have to do. You have to kind of fudge things to make that work mm. for Mount Sinai. And, and I will say this because now I've had an opportunity to also see Tim Mahoney's documentary on uh, the topic. Uh, he, he came out with a, a documentary on, um, on Mount Sinai, on, on this, and on why, uh, on why uh, I guess, this is Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia. Um, and he focuses quite a bit on that uh, St. Catherine's location there. And, and this documentary came out while I was in Sinai. So he, he's made several. I already referenced one in this show. But, um, but his most recent one is, I think it's called Journey to Mount Sinai, I think is what it's called. But I think it's going to be a two-parter. And the first part, he, he looks at the different locations. When I, when I got a chance a couple nights ago to actually watch his film, and I was seeing his photos of and video of St. Catherine's in the area, and I'm thinking two million Israelites. You know, you, you've got some of these problems with like where is where's the the, the Red Sea crossing location now? Mm-hmm. If Sinai is in the Sinai Peninsula, like some people will say that oh, it wasn't really the Red Sea, but it was the Reed Sea, and it got yeah. well, well. That's weird because it's actually Yom Suf in the Hebrew. It's not the Red Sea. It's Yom Suf, which is the the boundary, the Sea of the Boundary. Um, and, and based on my understanding, like the Sinai Peninsula was technically still Egypt. Right. So they wouldn't even have been out in, of Egypt. And, and where's this, this sea crossing? You have to kind of dumb down the Bible mm-hmm. stories, basically, it, it, you know, based on my understanding, really to make this work as Sinai. Okay. Well, I know people that went to college yeah. and I know here in town. Yeah. And one of the things that they brought up in one of the classes that my friend had they said that they actually crossed where the, the Reed Sea was. Yeah. Okay. So you, then you've heard the same thing too. All right. right. And and maybe you've heard this before, the Reed Sea. All right. I, I, I became aware of this maybe about 15 years ago. I saw a guy talking about it on the History Channel. But, you know, there's there's a lot of people that believe that and they want this to be Mount Sinai. But I, I will say this. This this was one of my things. Seeing St. Catharines and the traditional Mount Sinai is in a very cavernous area. There's there's no room for like somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.5 to 3 million Israelites to fit. Right. There's just nowhere for them to fit. I mean, it doesn't work. Like it's interesting because in this documentary, Tim is talking to a guy by the name of David Roll, who is a, uh, I mean, he's a very intelligent Egyptologist and, and he believes in these miracles. He believes these things happened. You know, he does mm-hmm. believe in a part. I, th- I think he believes in the part of the Red Sea. I don't know. But um, he believes in the historicity of all these events. And he's got all these places along the uh, sort of the western arm of the Red Sea where he thinks they traveled on the way to that Mount Sinai. But even as he was describing it in the show, and he's a very intelligent person. It's not fitting in my mind with what the Bible says. And then you have on top of that, you know, you've got all of these other locations that uh, now moving away from the traditional Mount Sinai. Uh, you've got all of these other locations. You've got all of these other things, starting with Nueva Beach. Now, in the background right there, we're still in Egypt. Uh, this is a, a location on basically the western, the eastern, uh, the eastern arm of the Red Sea that comes up there. So a location called Nueva, right directly behind us. We're actually standing in Egypt, uh, standing on the, on the part where there's a, there's a beach there where easily 2 million people could fit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then behind us, the mountains on the other side of that sea, that's Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. On the other side. And there's a natural land bridge that actually goes across here. So this is one of my things with the traditional site is you've got things that don't work with it. And then you've got things that do work <laughs> looking at this other location. Right. Okay. So it, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's double-sided, right? That's the underwater pathway that you see. Um, of course, it's covered with water. If you go to the north or to the south, it's too cavernous for a, a group of people, I mean, especially with women and elder, children mm-hmm. and, and elderly, and people aren't going to be, even a lot of men, <laughs> won't be able to climb down there. Um, you see some of the darker regions of the water there where that's it looks like the black. That's where it's the deepest. Yeah. Right. So, so right at Nueva, there's this natural underwater pathway. Um, uh, and then you can see actually in the, in the bottom right corner of that graphic, you can see Jebel Al-Laz. Um, that, and then just adjacent to it is Jebel Makla. Um, it's, it's a little kind of confusing, even in the Bible, because you have Horeb and you have Sinai. Um, we're thinking that the Israelites just referred to basically all of the uh, interconnected mountains there, like in that geographic area as Sinai or as Horeb. Um, we actually went to the specific peak that we believe Moses received the Ten Commandments on, at least based on our best educated guesses as to uh, some of the other pieces of the puzzle that we see there, like the uh, like the altar of the golden calf. There's Moses' altar down at the base of the mountain. You can actually see from the top of Sinai, you can see the altar of the golden calf. From the altar of the golden calf, you can see the top of Sinai. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll show you a picture of that uh, before we're done here. But um, you have all these things that fit. If you look at Jebel Allah's Jebel Makla, uh, we climbed Jebel Makla, by the way, then it fits. You have this spectacular crossing site i mean what are the chances that that's there don i know you've commented on this before i know right i mean what what are the chances that that crossing is there i mean and you don't have to buy into all this garbage about the reed sea right you know, right that kind of dumbs down the waters down the, the bible miracle well look at how much there is there first off they've got a beach that would definitely hold that many people before they even cross yeah and then they've got mountains that surround it there's only one way in and there's no way out Yeah, really. And then when the Lord parted the Red Sea, there's a land bridge there yeah. that's in between two, the water where it's deep on both sides. Right. So it's the most logical place to go across. And then they went across it to another beach that was on the opposite side. And then when the soldiers and that came to go across that, yeah, the Lord let the water in and flooded them and killed them. And they even find fossils underneath there of wheels and uh, axles and yeah, stuff like yeah. that that have been... Uh, or cor- coral, coral formations. Coral. Yeah, yeah, they coral. found coral formations, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that part of it, too, which is fascinating and just really interesting. Um, this is actually a shot of Nueva itself. And then what's called Wadi Watir. I don't know if you can see that little pathway mm-hmm. leading into the beach. This little zoom-in close-up. Um that that could fit two million people. I mean, and, and you can oh, also yeah. see how they'd be trapped there, right? Right. I mean, it it really it, it helps you to understand the Bible story. Um, across the Red Sea from there, by the way, uh, I think this is one of the big things is is the the location of of Midian, and where is Midian? This is one of the big things. So I want you to walk away with this. According to ancient sources like Josephus uh, and Philo. Yes, these are guys that lived, they lived, you know, 2,000 years ago. They didn't live 3,500 years ago. But they said that Sinai was in Arabia, and they said it was the tallest mountain peak in ancient Midian. Well, where was ancient Midian? It was across mm-hmm. that eastern arm of the Red Sea. It was right across that eastern arm of the Red Sea. It was over here. Mm-hmm. It was over in this area where Jabal al-Laz is. That's where ancient Midian was. It wasn't on the Sinai Peninsula. Whenever you see maps, ancient maps, I don't have one to show you now, but look it up. You'll see basically the Sinai Peninsula as a piece of Egypt. And a lot of times they have it kind of like, you know, it's, it's just showing this little extra appendage, but it's, it's basically shown to be Egypt. It's not Midian. And so basically like God, th- this was the crazy part for me actually being there. And by the way, if you... Uh, support this ministry. This is where your sand comes from. Your mm-hmm. sand comes from Nueva and from the adjacent 
beach in Saudi Arabia. But being there in person, um, I actually read this this Bible verse. And I did a little Bible study with the the people that were there uh, at the site of the Red Sea crossing, and, and and I just focused on these words. God said to Moses, He told Moses to stop. They were going up and around, and God said, "Stop." That's mm-hmm. probably how Moses got there the first time, right over right. to Midian, where Jethro was. Um, by the way, Jethro was related. Did you know this, Don? Jethro was related to Moses? No. Yeah. Because he was from Midian, and Abraham, the father of the Jews, mm-hmm. had other children after Sarah died with other women. One of them was Midian. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so you probably had an awareness of the Lord in general in that whole region from all of Abraham's children. And, and it also explains probably why Moses would have wanted to go there. Right. Right? Because he knew that it was people that were related to him, mm-hmm. as opposed to going up into Canaan and, and, and finding all the hostility of the people that God was actually sending them in there to conquer. Hmm. So he ends, so anyways, they're going up and around, and then God says, no, go back, because I want to make an example of Pharaoh. So <laughs> pretty crazy, huh? I mean, it, like, literally, God trapped his people so that he could make an example of Pharaoh. So what does that say to us about the things that God does in our lives and the places that God takes us? He's, he might take you out of your comfort zone. He might take you into a place right. where you need him. And so I think that's one of the lessons of the Red Sea. Oh, definitely, because look where Moses was. I mean, in the people. I mean, he had no way out. Yeah. And here comes this army that's trying to destroy them, and it's like there's no way out. And God told him, lift your staff up, and the water parted. I mean, yeah. there was their way out. I mean, how awesome. That's one, that? of the, one of the things that you definitely see from this, this location is all of the, uh, the mountains. I mean, they, they were stuck. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they followed that wadi, what's called Wadi Watir today, you, they followed that out to that beach. There's, now there's a modern road that cuts across, but the, the modern road wasn't there. Right. They, there was nowhere for them to retreat to. There's mountains it, that are literally come right up to the beach, and, and it squeezes off the beach at, at both sides. They were literally stuck. They had nowhere to go. And you can imagine the people going, you brought us here? Yeah. Moses? I mean, they would have been pretty pissed off, I'd imagine, you know? Yep. So, uh, yeah, so, that, so we see all of that going on, and quite something. But uh, so there's the, there's the site of the Red Sea crossing, and here's some of the pictures. Uh, that's actually a pillar that Ron Wyatt says was a uh, marker put up by Solomon um, to mark the site of the Red Sea crossing. Uh, this is a, a Neo-Egyptian chariot part that Jake and I found. That's <laughs> I could do the laugh track on that one. <laughs> <laughs> on the Red Sea crowd. This is Wadi Watir. Was that a Uniroyal or Goodyear? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, this is uh, Wadi Watir. Uh, that is what empties out onto Nueva Beach. So that's what the Israelites would have came down into. And then you can see just the mountains, basically, on the right and the left. That's what empties out onto the, uh, what empties out onto the beach there. So, wow. Uh, yeah, Wadi Watir. And then uh, you keep going. Once you get into Saudi Arabia, you come across these things. And, and these are some of the, in my friend Ohav's language, uh, legal terminology, um, smoking gun. I mean, <laughs> when you actually get to Jebel Makla, Jebel Allahs, and these, this area over here in, in what is ancient Midian, you see this. You see this uh, split rock of Moses, which has evidence of water erosion coming down uh, from it, the the rock is smoothed, and it's it's different than the uh, the other rock. You know, could it be smoothed from you know just what? Yeah, but I mean, it could also been a, have been very smoothed because a lot of water was flowing out of there. And um, one of the things Tim Mahoney mentions in his dot new documentary, Don, is that uh, there were some. Uh, there apparently there's a, a, a knowledge of of geysers opening up in this area. I, I found that fascinating. I don't want to comment on it any more than that, but I, I thought it was kind of interesting. This is Andrew and Lucas. Uh, again, Lucas is from Portugal, and it, he's, uh, he's like the videographer and uh, cool dude, cool young guy from Portugal, Andrew, uh, taking a little selfie there of the split rock. You can't see, the people would look like ants. Um, mm-hmm. There probably are people in that picture, but you can't see them. So just to give you some perspective on how big that is, it's not just the size of a house. It's the size of like a, uh, four or five story building. I was going to say four on top story. of a, a a giant hill. I mean, it's probably two hundred feet in the air. It's huge. And when, oh, yeah. when you get up there and you climb up to the base of it, you can easily walk through it, and you, you're basically the same height as the surrounding mountains. There's Jake going through the middle of it there. 
thing is humongous. It's it's just massive. Yeah, I mean, so you can see it, it takes you a few minutes just to get up there. Uh, it, it takes some people half an hour to get up there. You know, it, it takes a good minute. So. Um, and then we went on to climb Sinai. So th- this is now, basically the split rock is on the other side of Mount Sinai from here. Now, there are multiple peaks. And if you, you can actually see another uh, two peaks sticking out the back of where that arrow is pointing mm-hmm. to Sinai there. Um, one of those is uh, kind of the southern peak. But the one that the arrow is pointing to is what is traditionally or what typically uh, they think was Sinai. That's where they think Moses actually received the Ten Commandments is directly where that arrow is pointing. Uh, Elijah's cave is on that peak, which is a little closer to us. Now, it, it took uh, Jake and I, we were the first ones to get there about an hour, just get to Elijah's cave. And we didn't climb them both in the same day. Because you can see you have to go deeper in to actually climb Sinai. You've got to take a totally different route to get there. But it also has a blackened peak. So take notice of that because the, the rock is, is dark. It's black, <laughs> uh, you know, because apparently it you, got burnt. It got burnt from God's presence. And just behind where this photo was taken, by the way, is also the altar of the golden calf, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll show you a pretty neat, uh, a neat photo that we took from there uh, as well for some perspective. But those are the places we climbed to just to kind of show you how long. Now, Jake and I, we moved at a pretty fast pace. It took us a good, I want to say three hours to get to Sinai from there. It takes a half an hour just to get to the base of the mountain from there. A lot of raw, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not just like walking down the street. There's a lot of stuff going on there. You know, I mean, it's, you're climbing over rubble. I was going to uh, say, it looks like there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. You and, have to climb over. And thorn bushes everywhere. Uh, acacia wood. The, the camels mm-hmm. just eat the bushes by the, the camels just bend over and eat the thorn bushes. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, so, uh, so that's just a little bit of perspective on like how far we had to go. This is Jake and I from Elijah's cave. Nice little photo of me and my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually see from that vantage point, I can't really point it out to you. I, um, I was trying to have a guy explain to me where it was. I know about where it is, but uh, just across the road, the roadway that goes through right through the center of the photo there is the altar of the golden calf. So you can actually see from Sinai, the altar of the golden calf, and you can see Sinai from the altar of the golden calf. So that was one of the most amazing things to me as far as perspective. It's just that you can see all of these locations from there. And again, why this works. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of these other locations for Sinai don't work. Uh, This is uh, down at the base of Elijah's cave. Uh, This is Moses' altar. If you've ever seen pictures of this, it's basically... um, it's an altar. It's where they sacrificed animals. They refer to it as Moses' altar because, you know, if this is Sinai, then this is where they did some sacrificing. And again, you have all these things right there at the mountain. You don't have to fudge the numbers. You don't have to make it work and explain why this is Sinai and where was the Red Sea crossing. It just seems like this is where it all happened. Uh, so then, then we climbed Elijah's, uh, to Elijah's cave on uh, one afternoon, and then we climbed Sinai early the next morning. We got up at like 4 a.m. to drive like three hours from our hotel in Tabuk to get there. We got there probably about 7 or 8 o'clock, and then we started the climb. And that's where we were climbing to was that peak. Mm. Uh, this is about halfway up. You can see uh, just before we got to a, an area that possibly is the plateau where the elders, the 70 elders would have met. Uh, this is Jake looking back uh, toward where the vans were parked, back toward the altar of the golden calf. But uh, I don't know what it looks like to you perspective-wise, but that's we were pretty high up there, Don. Yeah, it looks I mean, like it was you're like, high. Uh, it, was, it was quite a ways up there. And that's one of the things that's hard to say. You know, We climbed a mountain. Like Jake's telling some of his friends in school, we climbed a mountain. They're like, oh, okay, nice. They don't understand how hard it was. I mean, like we ran out of water going up there. This is from the uh, uh, area of the plateau where we think the – 70 elders might have met. It's about maybe a third, close to a half of, of the way up Sinai. Uh, great shot of the blackened peak here, though. Yeah, it is. You great. know, you can see how it's a noticeably darker. And once you get up there, you hit a point where you start hitting that black rock, and then all you start seeing is black rock. That's all you start seeing. And uh, like you said, the rock, if you pick it up, is light, light on the back side yeah. and dark on the side it's facing out. Yeah, yeah. How many rocks do you find like that? It's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's super super cool. And so then we reached the peak, and when we reached the peak, 
we saw these guys here. Uh, there's Jake and Lucas and Marty. They were the uh, three other guys that climbed with me. We were the four uh, that made it up from our group. There was two guys, two other guys from our group that made it up later, but we were the uh, the first ones up. These people were up there waiting for us. This was part of Ryan Morrow's group. I didn't realize they were actually climbing the mountain the same day. So uh, hmm. Andrew does tours. Ryan Morrow does tours. Joel Richardson does tours. There's a few different people that do tours of these. There's some others too, I'm sure. But uh, of course, Ryan was on this show. And mm-hmm. when we went down the mountain, we actually got to meet Ryan. Um, and, and Ryan doesn't actually climb the mountain. So uh, mm. he said he's one of the smart ones. He doesn't do all the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but th- these, this was his crew. This was his group. Um, and that was, this is the place now where your rock is from, from wow. that location right there. And that's where they think Moses received the Ten Commandments. To the just behind the, that camera is the southern peak. It's a little higher, and again, this is where it's kind of complicated. What exactly is Sinai? What is you know? Uh, is it Jebel Al Laws? Because this is Jebel Makla, and Jebel Makla has multiple peaks, hmm. and uh, so th- this is where they think uh, probably Moses received the Ten Commandments. It's the closest peak to where you have a vantage point of when you look back the altar of the golden calf. Um, you could see. Uh, there's a dried riverbed there, by the way, that where the, they would have had water. There's a big plain directly behind the altar of the golden calf from there where they easily 2 million people could have stayed for a while. And, uh, you know, so, so these kind of things just fit. But anyways, that's one of the reasons they think this peak right here, uh, the place where uh, I collected a bunch of rocks from <laughs> and brought them home, is the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. So, I know, that's awesome. Pretty sweet, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's why they come up with that. I mean, just in case you were wondering. But great tour group there, though. I mean, these were a bunch of cool guys. We actually met them up on the top. And Jake did a funny thing when we were in Elijah's cave. He actually left a hard-boiled egg in there. These guys climbed to Elijah's cave. At, so we climbed to Elijah's cave the day before that. These guys that were here went straight from there. They left us, and they went to Elijah's cave from there. Mm-hmm. And we saw him when we got down there. I got a chance to actually meet Ryan in person and talk to him. And Jake went over and schmoozed some food off of his group because he had a big tent with it was catered and everything. And I look over there and Jake's like eating their food and Ryan's showing him around. And then his, his group came down from the mountain and they said, we were just up in Elijah's cave and we found a har- an egg. Somebody <laughs> left an egg up there. And Jake was standing right there and he goes, I don't know who could have done that. <laughs> so little funny moment with Ryan's group, but uh, they were a great group of people. We had a lot of fun, uh, made a lot of new friends. This is Jake and I, again, that's, that's right where we took the, uh, where we took the rocks from. Uh, that's also Andrew, I guess, built that little um, rock structure there. It's kind of fun when you're climbing because a lot of people will, what they'll do is they'll pile rocks on like the, when you're, when they're going up mm-hmm. and when you see those, you kind of know you're going the right way. You know, someone else has been there before. So it's comforting when you see like four or five rocks stacked on top of each other somewhere. This is a bigger one at the peak, but I think maybe that was Andrew's way of marking. This is where Moses was. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord right here. Uh, so I'm trying to go through these. That's another shot from the other way, looking at the Southern peak. So th- this, this photo is looking back toward, um, uh, toward where the altar of the golden calf is and all of that stuff. And this, this shot is looking directly the other way at the Southern peak. So you can actually see this peak, a little sliver of it sticking over the shot, uh, that I showed when you, when we, how we started climbing the mountain, mm-hmm. um, you can actually see that peak, but we, we think that, uh, the place we're standing is actually where, where Moses was and so on. So this was us when we made it down and I, I got to give us some applause here. So this is from left to right, me, Jake, Marty, who lives in uh, Tennessee, and Lucas, who uh, super cool young man. I think he's 21, does a lot of Andrew's video uh, and editing work for him. He's from Portugal, great guy, uh, all, all believers, just wonderful people. We read the Ten Commandments on top of the mountain. Oh, wow. And I also read Psalm uh, 24, which asks the question, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart? So, uh, so we read that, and this was us when we made it back down. We actually ran out of water uh, when we got everybody except for me. Jake ran out of water at the top. Marty and Lucas ran out of water about maybe halfway down, 
and it, it took us several hours to get from the peak. You could see the peak in the in the in the very back there. Mm-hmm. We climbed from there all the way to where we were, and this was when we were right about back at the at the vans. Um, and we, you could, I don't know if you can tell, we're exhausted. I mean, sunburn. I didn't wear sunscreen. I mean, like we were cooked. Uh, we were dehydrated. We were exhausted. I mean, it was a it was a trek to get up there. I believe it. You know, and, it and looks like it would be. You can actually see if you look in the the mountain to that's on the right hand side of the screen there. You can see Elijah's cave just barely. It's that little dot hmm. toward the top. There's a little black dot. I don't know if you can see it from where you're at, Don, but there's a little black dot. That's Elijah's cave. But just it, I see th- a black spot from here. That's yeah. that's probably it. Yeah, it's it's that little black dot uh, close to the top of the mountain there, and it, it's a little intimidating, isn't it? When you look at it. I mean, it looks like it's a shearing cliff. It's it's not quite, you know, when you start climbing. But again, it shows distance. Mm-hmm. It shows how far some of this was. So uh, really, really, really quite an adventure. Super cool. This is uh, probably, this was the most impactful moment for me. And it was when we went to the altar of the golden calf. I was going to say, it looks like the altar. Yeah. So now this is behind where a lot of those photos were just taken that I was showing you. You could see Mount Sinai. It really looks like that peak is black from here, mm-hmm. you know, from this distance. You can see how big the altar of the golden calf is. And I, this was just sort of something, you know, the Saudis have this actually fenced off as an archaeological site because there's petroglyphs all over it of bulls and things like that. But you see Jake standing on the top of it. It's huge. It's the size of a two-story building. Easy. And, I mean, you've got to figure out how to get up there. You can't just climb up. I mean, you've got to, like, figure out, like, walk around the backside and figure out how to climb up there. And there's Sinai in the background. I mean, Dawn, this was the moment for me that was, it was one of the most impactful moments. I believe it. Where I looked at it and I was like, holy cow. Like, they saw God's presence up there. And they just went and they did their business. You know, that's what got them in trouble. They said, holy cow. (laughs) You know, I said, holy cow, when I was there, when I was, when we were walking around there. And uh, one of the people said, don't say that here. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, but uh, just fantastic. And here's, that's one of the petroglyphs there. I mean, so you get, you get an idea for the size of it. But, but there's hundreds of these petroglyphs on that. That's where the altar was. There's thousands of petroglyphs around Sinai, over by the split rock, around Sinai. You can find them. You f- just walking around, you'll find petroglyphs. Uh, but this is all on the altar of the golden calf. This is on the top of it. They think this is potentially where it was made, the smelter, where it was made, right where Jake is laying. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the gentlemen there commented, this is a smelter. I mean, that's what this is. It's a place where they poured stuff and you know, made an image. This is potentially where it was ground down. That looks like a grinding uh, stone, a grinding area. Remember, they had to grind it down and put it in the drinking water. They had to grind it into powder. Wow, yeah. Uh, just behind me. And that photo is the plane where the Israelites could have encamped. I mean, you can see how big that plane is. I mean, two million people can fit there. Again, when you're in traditional Sinai, you don't see these kinds of big open plains like this. You just see a bunch of, ca- like, it's just very cavernous. It's just, I, I don't see it working for a multitude of reasons. And there is also evidence of an ancient riverbed uh, kind of in front of me behind the camera uh, there as well. So there's just all these different things that when you look at this area, they fit. Mm-hmm. They fit. There's more petroglyphs. And again, I want to finish on this. This is the reason for the trip right here. It was super cool to go see Sinai. It was awesome to do all of this stuff. But this was the culmination of it. And, you know, I want you to think about this because this is sort of my why, is wanting to do, go on this adventure with my son and show him these locations. I wanted it to be real to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to ask you, is the Bible real to you? Because that's what this was all about. It was all about exploring and seeing how the Bible is real and showing you how the Bible is real, showing my son how the Bible is real, seeing how the Bible is real for myself. I've studied these locations for several years, but getting to see them in person, life-changing. And I wanted you to be able to see and experience that. That's what I wanted for you. That's why I'm showing you these pictures. That's why I, uh, you know, I've talked about this. That's I wanted you to be able to see it. That's why I'm giving you a piece of the rock. Because I want you to know 
that these things happened, which is biblical, Dawn. Oh, amen. Like, you know, that's what God says. He says that, he, he says that um, uh, you know, to write these things down, tell future generations what God did. And so when we look at some of these other potential locations for Sinai, I mean, it kind of waters down our faith. And I'm actually going to take it another step further. I'm going to say, I think some of this, in culminations with other, with other stuff, evolution and other things, mm-hmm. I think it's contributed to an overall lack of faith. Yep. It's contributed to people saying, well, maybe it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe the supernatural elements weren't true. My, my take was when I went there and I saw these things, I said, even if I were talking to an atheist and they didn't believe in the supernatural part of it, I would say to an atheist, this is still where these things happened. Right. Even if you don't believe in the supernatural parts, there's so many things here that match what the Bible talks about, the story that the Bible portrays, that even if you are an unbeliever and you don't want to believe in the supernatural parts, this is where the Bible was written. There's no doubt. Right. I was there. I was in Sinai on location at the, at the location of the Red Sea parting, at the Split Rock, the altar of the golden calf. I saw these things in person. There's no doubt in my mind, this is where Sinai is. This oh, is where these things happened. And I do believe in the Bible. Dawn Amen. does believe in the Bible. Amen. And so that's what this is all about. I hope that this has created faith in your soul. If, uh, you know, if, if, if you're somebody who you're hearing about some of this stuff for the first time, I want to encourage you to do what I did many years ago. That we're all about introducing people to Jesus. And that's what the Bible is all about. The Bible doesn't end at Sinai. It goes on to salvation. It goes on to Sabbath. Jesus wants to give you a Sabbath rest. And so you do that by getting to know him personally. If this is true, if these things happened, then the culmination of them happened as well. Jesus, the prophet who came after Moses, uh, a king mightier than David. Amen. Um, the second Adam, the lamb that was slain for our sins. He, was, he conquered our greatest enemy, death. And so by believing in him, you can know God personally. I, I'm telling you, I've experienced it myself. Dawn has experienced it. This is Amen. a real thing. <clears throat> I'm is. not lying to you. You can come to know Christ just by asking him. If you're hearing some of this stuff and you're going, man, like my friend Ohoff, you know, who just said to God, God, show me some evidence. And God showed him the stuff that I just showed you. That's some evidence right there. You can believe too. You can believe. And in believing, you can have Christ. You can have a relationship with God. That's what I want for you. The Bible explains basically that God gives us a new heart. He enables us to believe when when we call out to him in faith. So I want to encourage you to do that right now, because that's what this ministry, Gospel Ministries, is all about. You know, if you've supported us or haven't supported us, we're all about preaching the gospel. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God is salvation for everyone who believes. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you could be in a prison cell right now, and God can save and will save you. He's done it to many people. God spoke to me for the first time in a jail cell. There was a Bible in there. When I was 16 years old, I spent a day in jail. Yes, me, Pastor AJ. And that was where God changed my life. And he can do the same for you. So I want to encourage you to say this prayer with me right now. Again, that's what this is all about. It's all about bringing people to salvation, wanting you to, to see that these things happen, that the Bible is true, to get real with God. Amen. So say that by, uh, do that by saying these words with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I see these things and it's hard to take in, but I'm willing to believe And I do say that I believe you died for my sins, Jesus. And I believe you were raised to life three days later. I can't fully understand it, but I'm willing to take that step of faith right now and believe it. I ask you, God, to help my unbelief. Amen. (laughs) Make me new on the inside. Change my heart and give me your spirit. God, make me new so that I can be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you did say that prayer, we are excited for you, and we congratulate you. Gosh, welcome to the family of faith. That's what it's all about, right, Don? That's right. Yeah, man. Got anything you want to say to the peeps on the way out? 
Read the Bible. Yes. Pray. And get closer to Jesus. Yes, it's true. It's real. It happened. That's why you should read it. We love you. And uh, man, thanks for sitting through my show and tell today. I hope it was informative. I hope you came to believe in the real Sinai in Saudi Arabia. And more importantly, in the real Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We love you. And... We'll see you next time. Don't forget, it's Giving Tuesday today, but you can give on Thursday when this video is posted or any day at PastorAJ.com, and we will send you a piece of the rock. The first person to do it gets this gift basket. We love you. Peace.